extra time. Immaculate Grid, Grid 202 for Saturday, the 21st. This, of course, is the bonus show for Generations, talking about my sports generations. New show dropped earlier today. Check it out. It is on sports and social justice, social action. You know, there's a lot of people that will say that keep keep that out of my sports. I just want sports, but it's hard. It's hard to try to separate those two worlds when you have real people that are participating in those sports and are using their platforms right or wrong to try to address different things. And then often, let's just use LeBron as an example, you know, there's an ad hominem kind of situation where he speaks out about something and then his character is attacked or turns into, well, you say something about this, but you don't say something about that. And Steve and I explore it. It is not a discussion of chastising people. We obviously give what our thoughts are on the situation, but we don't make it digital. It's not a zero or a one. It's not one way or the other, and everyone's entitled to their opinion. But I think we're trying to get to in the discussion is a discussion and being able to have it. And then if there's certain things that are being promoted or things that are being brought to light, each individual has the opportunity to either embrace that messaging, question that messaging, or ignore that messaging. And the backlash that sometimes comes from it with this screaming war, I think, is the piece that I have a challenge. But check that episode out. Dropped earlier today. Big show with Steve and myself. But this is Immaculate Grid. This is the Extra Time Show. And we have three more new columns, which is exciting. So let's go ahead and jump into that. From left to right, we have 100 plus runs in a season. I don't know why this is new. I mean, it is new, but I mean, we've had 100 RBI. I don't know what it took so long to get runs. We have 30 home runs in a season, which is nice because it's been 40 or more for the most part. So now this just gives you more names and more opportunities, more combinations. And then here's an interesting one. 40 doubles in a season so far right here in column. Doubles, I don't remember who said this, but uh, when I was a kid, I remember they were talking about, I don't remember exactly which player, but they were talking about a young player and how they had a lot of doubles. And they basically said, well, once they get a little bit older, start getting a little bit more strength, those doubles are going to turn into home runs. And if you actually look at a lot of the sluggers over time, Mark McGuire, um, those types of players, it's true. They don't hit a whole lot of doubles. They hit more home runs. And it's the rare player like the Albert Bell season, which has only been done once, and he almost did it twice, the 50 home runs and 50 doubles. So that's pretty pretty rare and pretty amazing. But if you look at it, the top home run guys, you know, if they have 30 doubles in a season, that's pretty spectacular if they have over 30 home runs. You know, if they have 40 plus home runs, having 30 doubles is very, very rare. 
So I always thought that was an interesting and that always, you know, stuck with me. And if you look at the statistics, it's true. So when you see guys that have 40 or 50 doubles, one of the guys I use actually had a 54 in a season. They're not big home run hitters. I mean, they hit home runs. They have a few, but um, they typically you see 40 plus doubles with guys with like 20 home runs. And if you look at the total extra base hits, and since starting this show, that's something that I've been looking at pretty closely. If you look at the top hitters, whether the home run hitters or just hitters in general, the total number of base hits doesn't really change all that much. So if you have about 80 extra base hits, and it doesn't matter what the combination that, that happens in, whether it's doubles, triples, or home runs, you're a pretty solid hitter, and you're going to have close to 300 or more total bases, and that's a that's a top level, that's a top level season. And guys that are closer to 400 total bases, I mean that's just an amazing that's an amazing season. And um, it's pretty much true. You can look at large swaths of guys. <clears throat> across their career, large swaths of guys, you know, different guys. And uh, it's, it's pretty universal. And yeah. let's look at the rows. Rows, top to bottom, we've got the Blue Jays, we have the Texas Rangers, and on the bottom, we have the Mets. So let's go ahead and, and jump right in. We've got top of left hand square, we've got 100 plus runs, and Blue Jays, I want Lloyd Mosby here. 2%. So again, you know, we've leaned on at that point in time, the mid 80s, the late 80s, best outfield in baseball, Toronto Blue Jays, Lloyd Mosby, Jesse Barfield, and George Bell. 100 plus runs. You've had three recently, Bo Bichette, Bad Vlad Jr., Marcus Semien. But you got to go back a little bit, Jock Donaldson, and then Jose Bautista, did it, you know, both of those guys did it more than once. You know, Marcus Scudero, World Series MVP, Marcus Scudero. I'm pretty sure he won the MVP that year for the Giants against the uh, Detroit Rock City. Actually, no, it wasn't. It was it was Pablo because he had the three home runs in the first game against Verlander, hit two against Verlander. See, this stuff is live. That's how you know it's, this is real. But um, Lloyd Mosby, he's actually the first Blue Jay in 1983. Now, remember, this, they were, the franchise started in 77. So it wasn't until 83 that they had a player with the higher runs. And Lloyd Mosby was the first. So 21 total Blue Jays. 30-plus home runs. And Blue Jay, I went Cantrell. Jose Canseco. 0.9%. He actually had four. So Cantrell actually uh, hit 46 and 98. But, uh, you know, you could have gone Jesse Barfield here, George Bell. Now, here's the funny. John Mayberry hit 30 in 1980. John Mayberry, if you recall, go find that show. But he was originally a royal. And... Whitey Herzog, who was the manager for uh, with the Royals before he was a manager with the Cardinal, he blamed Mayberry for their loss in the 77 ALCS to Mayberry. It was either 77 or 78 ALCS, but 
the Royals like four years in a row were just getting bounced by the Yankees or the Yankees were just taking them out. And it wasn't until I guess it would be 1980 that they would beat overcome the Yankee, but then they would lose the World Series to the Phillies. I think I have that right. But John Mayberry, he's the first guy to have 30 home runs for the Blue Jays. You have a total of 25. Most recently, Bat Vlad last year, 2022, had 32. And the year prior, you had 48. To think that Bat Vlad Jr. has already been in the league a few years, it's kind of amazing. I just, I just don't think of, I don't think of him as being that old. I don't think of Vlad Guerrero Sr. being that old. And then, of course, there's always the internal look at yourself, going, "Oh, am I that old?" So, 40 plus doubles and Blue Jays. I went John Allroo, 15 percent, and I thought Allroo would be kind of. Um, Rare, but not, but I mean, he had actually 54 and 93. The first player to have 40 plus doubles actually is Tony Fernandez in 88. I don't know what it is. So Tony Fernandez, you know, he was long time shortstop, but before that it was Alfredo Griffin. Alfredo Griffin won rookie of the year as a shortstop with Toronto. And, you know, subsequently they would trade him. I can't remember if he went to the Dodgers first or if he went to the A's first. But, um, you know, it was paved the way for, for Hernandez or Fernandez. And Fernandez was a, you know, he had a, won a couple of gold gloves and uh, he would have 40 plus doubles, you know, a couple of times. But, uh, you know, I could have gone to Devon White, Devo. That probably would have been a pretty good one. But I knew Olivier had done it for sure. And not only did he do it, he had 54. And, you know, we're always trying to hunt for scarcity here. But yeah, John Oliver comes in at 15%. And the most recent player to do it is Bo Bichette. He had 43 and 22. Kevin Pillar had 40 in 2018. Kevin Pillar, he had his random season with the Giants. It didn't really work out that great. And I think Pillar, is he not? I saw him in the playoffs. Is he a brave? I think he's a brave. Yeah, he's a brave, right? Crazy. Kevin Pillar. Yeah, he's a bravo. But he was playing in the playoffs. Good defensive guy. Doesn't make a whole lot of contact. And if I remember correctly, in that last game against the Phils, I want to say that runners in second and third or something like that, or maybe the bases were loaded, and he strikes out. Bro, come on, man. Got to do something there. I mean, make contact, hit into a double play, something, bring it run. Jeez. Got to play smart. For the middle row, we have the Texas. So first square, we have Texas and 100 plus runs. I went with Ruben Sierra, 1%. So the first player to do it, actually Frank Howard, 1969. So inaugural season of the Rangers. Now, of course, they were Washington at that point in time. They had not, this was the beginning of the divisions. So that very first year, Frank Howard, Frank Howard, 48 home runs in the year too. So, I mean, he knocked himself in half the time almost. But 
he did it in 69. You wouldn't have another player score 100 runs for that franchise until 1980. So you'd go 11 years, and it would be Bump Wills, one or two. And then you'd have to go another six years before Ode B. McDowell got his 105. Then Ruben Sierra did it in 89 and 91. He had 101 and 110. Most recently this year, you had Dallas Garcia and Marcus Semyon both did it, both surpassed our league runs. But I went to Ruben Sierra here 1%. Then for 30 plus home runs, again, this is where you get a lot more opportunity to pick different players. So for Texas and 30 plus home runs, I went Mickey Tettleton, 0.3%. Tettleton had those, you know, four or five years in a row. Detroit, Rock City, Texas had 30 or more home runs. And he did it, of course. First guy to do it, Frank Howard, 67. So just I just told you before, 69. 69 is not the first year of the franchise. I said that in error. That was the first year of the division series. Frank Coward, though, in 67 for the Washington team, did 36. So if you go to, yeah, so I dorked it up. I think the first year of the Senators is going to be 61, yeah, 1961. 69 is the advent of the division series. And then, of course, in 72, they would move to Texas. But Howard did it multiple times. Aforementioned, Mickey Tettleton rocked 32 in 95. But similarly, you know, they, Jeff Burroughs, Father of Sean Burroughs, who was a little league all series, ended up making it to, I think he was a Padre originally, his, his son, but Jeff Burroughs hit third in 73. But then you would have to go 13 years before you had Pete Incoviglia hit 30 in 86. Incoviglia, trying to remember, was he Oklahoma, Oklahoma State? Pete Incoviglia. You know, he's the early, he's he's a, a Dave Kingman. He's a, you know, these guys that struck out a lot and hit, hit some home runs. And we've had these guys in the league for a long time. And the guys that can walk and at least make a modicum of contact, those are the guys that get to stay. Adam Dunn, long career. Dave Kingman, long career. You know, Pat Burrell is kind of a version of this guy. But his power didn't last as long as some of the other dudes. But we've had versions of these guys in the league for a really long time. But 30 home runs most recently, the Dallas Garcia did it this year, along with Corey Seager. Of course, those guys are still playing. Then Rangers and 40 plus doubles. Got to go with Will Clark, my guy. 0.9%. Will had 41 and 98. Oh, the what ifs with Will Clark. If he could have been healthy his whole career. Man, he was my favorite guy. Always my favorite guy. First one to do it, Buddy Bell in 79. That's the year he had 200 hits. Buddy Bell didn't have a whole lot of power. But man, that guy was a hitter. Gold, six-time gold glover. 
mentioned this before. I usually I I, I don't remember him. I don't say range was too young. I really remember him on the backside of his career as a red. Corey Seager and Marcus Semyon both did it this year, 42 out of 40. Man, they've got some bangers on that Texas team. I guess I'm rooting for Texas to beat the Astros and uh, you know give Boach a chance to get another World Series. So let's go to the bottom row. We have Mets in 100 plus season. Man, I was scratching my head. I don't know. I was going through that whole entire 86 World Series team, and the only guy I could come up with was Strawberry. And uh, and because nobody on the 86 team that did it post 86, so Strawberry did it in 87 and 88. Here's the thing: the Mets first one to do it was Tommy Eight 70. Then they don't have a hundred run player until 87. That's 17 years later. So even the Miracle Mets, I mean, for a franchise, you know, they're not that old. I think 61 is when they debuted. But I mean, they have that few. Howard Johnson, of course, did it a couple of times, but there's a lot of dearth in between. Lindor did it this past year. He had 108. Then 30 plus home runs in a season and bats. Hey, let's go with the 33rd guy. Just done it the third most times in any baseball history. Oh, and Howard Johnson, 6%. Howard Johnson actually is a 40 double season, too. I hated Howard Johnson. He just wore the Giants out. Just wore them out. Frank Thomas, the original Frank Thomas, not the big hurt. Frank Thomas, he had 34 and 62. And then you have Dave Kingman, Ooh, three years in a row, three years in a row, 36, 37, 37. Dave Kingman, back in match, he has 442 career home runs. You know, we were, we had an episode a week or two ago. I kept saying Dave Kingman. I was thinking of Rob Deere and Rob Deere and thinking of Dave Kingman. Kind of same guy, Kingman better. You know, he was able to do it a little bit more consistently and do it longer. But again, these these guys that are could mash, but uh, if you can make just a little bit of contact and walk, you can be in the league a long time. Chris Davis of the Orioles, Chris Davis. But I want Howard Johnson here. Of course, he's done it a few times. And most recently, we've got Pete Alonso and Francisco Lindor both did it this past season. And then 40 plus double season. The first one to do it wasn't until 1989, Howard Johnson had 49. And I went and Greg Jeffries here at 40 and 90. Greg Jeffries was a very heralded you know, player coming into the league and uh, drafted out of high school. He's from Northern California, San Mateo. And he was a big deal. He played against the Doyer in 88 in the LCS. And uh, people were down early in his career because they thought, you know, he would come out the gate just mashing more than he did. And 
you know, the regular season, he only played 29 games. He got a 321 in 18. If you were playing, you know, that LCS, but um, now would be the only time he'd ever be in the playoffs. I mean, he batted 333, played seven games, nine hits. But um, I think people had a lot more expectations of him. But I mean, he had a 289 career batting average, a 107 career OPS plus. I mean, he was a solid, solid player, but two-time All-Star. Just didn't get, uh, I don't know, achieve what was expected of him. I remember when I got his rookie baseball card, it was supposed to be like this big deal. And, you know, he was kind of like Bryce Harper before Bryce Harper, as far as the hype. But you could have gone Gilkey, Edgardo, Alfonso, David Wright, Beltran, Daniel Murphy. That's it. They haven't had a 40 double guy since 2012. So we got these new categories, so that's pretty interesting. We're going to keep going with baseball here, at least for through the World Series. But give us feedback. Let us know. We're seeing some of the numbers on baseball on this show go down a little bit on a daily basis, but we're still having fun. We're still doing it. Our friend Tony's still doing it. This, of course, is the bonus show for Generations, talking about my sports generations. This is Extra Time Grid 202 for Saturday, the 21st. See ya.